0: Nick Caprios, Justin Bourne, Derek Brandale, Jennifer Rolnick. Whoa, getting on into the mentions. The list. That's better. See, you print it, I'll say it. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. We go from gen to next gen last night. Wow. Sammy McKee also wow. on board. You like uh, that segue? I did. It's pretty I did. smooth. Yeah. Un- unlike watching uh, and following uh, the Raptor show with Will Lou with that uh, last guest he had, Tim, who would not shut up, basically. <laughs> yeah, they're not coming on our show. We can savage their guests. And everybody's <laughs> freaking out. Our Sammy, who produces this show, isn't even producing that show, and he's, like, freaking out.
1: I wasn't freaking out. It's called the producer squirms, <laughs> <laughs> and it's something that any other producer of any TV radio that's listening to this, there probably isn't that many people that they understand I'm, that when a guest like is when talking we talk
2: about an awkward
1: social issue and you're afraid the correct. Kipper's gonna say that? Or <laughs> gonna you say know, when us? It, but... when a guest, they're just they're bad, and you know what your your hosts are thinking. It's just it's a tough one. <laughs>
0: i do like giving him the squirms though i know we'll we'll sit around a good hour and a half before this show and i'm like sammy this is what i'm saying i I don't care i don't care this is what i'm saying he's like oh my god no no
1: (laughs) no you can't i wish that was an overstatement and every time
0: he says the thing
2: off the air that's gonna make you uncomfortable on the air it takes me like 30 seconds to figure (laughs) out if he's joking or not it's like okay he is okay
0: uh, it's been what now four months five yeah. months well, we so got it dialed now i think yeah. you got me figured out a little bit here i do we got you dialed in you you took, keep it took guessing, for Kiffer. a few weeks it was a little, a little <laughs> perilous but we're good now well we're glad everybody's on board here and uh especially on our youtube channel uh thank you for subscribing thanks for your comments your chats your likes we love your likes uh wherever you're downloading our podcast or watching and listening uh glad you're on board here the Toronto Maple Leafs last night in that next gen, before we even get into it, I can't believe I'm going here first, but Jersey talk. He's going to do Jersey it. talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> What'd you think? I'm okay with it. I'm oh. fine. People like them. We hear that they're selling out or that's number, number one Jersey
2: one. in the NHL store, us and Canada. Great.
0: Great. <laughs> so happy. Just what the least need more jersey- money. <laughs> Will we see those uniforms again this year? Do we know? I don't no, know. It's a one-off. Okay. Really? But yeah. The, the numbers didn't bother you? They didn't pop up enough for me? I, it's no. too much of a search. No.
2: No? Uh, you know, I, Just
0: I'll, bad eyes?
2: I, mean, I think so. Yeah, you have the specs I, on the I tip of the say, nose? I or? will
1: say, I didn't go to the game last night, but uh, I often talk to Joe Bowen when I'm, when I produce the broadcasts, and he hates numbers like that.
2: Weren't they white though? They're, Weren't they
1: white in contrast? They're, they're, they were out, too thin. Uh, the, they outlined white, so black but the they low. were dark. So I can guarantee Bones, he wasn't thrilled about that. I, okay. got a, I got an email from my mom. She said they were too hard to follow the, the, the jerseys. There. Thank you. Okay. I just thought they looked like a different team, which maybe so is good. My
0: generation <laughs> couldn't follow <laughs> the numbers. <laughs> I'm a
1: <laughs> The next were fine. Yeah. I, I got to say, I loved them even more than I thought I would on ice. Like, I thought they looked sharp. I, I, would I totally lo- loved them for a one off. Like if they were like this is the Leafs Thirds, I'd be like, ugh. Really? Yeah. I would, I would like would it to be, I would like it to be their alternate. E, no, I'd go not. that far.
2: It's not it's not a non Leafs colors. Yeah.
1: But I, here's the thing. I don't want the NHL turning into the NBA where they have like seventeen different jerseys. Yeah. The I Leafs already went through the thing where the Islanders did black
2: ones. and white and it's like that's not our team. Doesn't work.
1: Blue and white looks at least, the jersey's pretty
2: good. You know? Yeah, it's nice. It's probably just it's had some success. Yeah. Well. As a jersey. Yes.
0: Correct. <laughs> so just speaking of our pregame meeting, which has high intensity, we have this uh, old beat-up, uh, what is it, uh, CFRB? or 680 News. 680 News. Putting mat? We found a putting mat yeah. where you plug it in and you putt and the ball retreats back, except this one started smoking the other day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be at 20 years old, this thing.
2: You know, I don't want to, like, pre-damn us if this
0: ever happens, (laughs) but if there's a small fire on the third floor... (laughs) Go find that putter. Go find that thing. Yeah. But here comes uh, uh, J.D. Bunkus visiting us Mm. just a little before our show, and and it took you guys all but, like, seven seconds to start ripping on his jacket, (laughs) which I'm fine with. I love that stuff. It's a
2: squirrel suit. If he jumps off the top of a (laughs) mountain, he can just float on down.
0: So... My point in all of this is if you're ripping on JD's jacket oh. today, what were you saying about Justin Bieber's jacket last night? Like if, okay. if someone's
2: no. totally different, if,
0: okay. if, <laughs> if someone pushed this guy in Lake Ontario, he ain't drowning. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the good news. That's that's the only extent I could see a, a, a wearing a jacket like that to a game.
2: Yeah, but if I walk in here wearing a meat suit, you're gonna act different than if Lady Gaga does it. So Correct. I, you know, a Biebs can Beebs has got some. He's Bees is
1: cool. I like I liked uh, I liked the jacket that he had on last night. And you're right. I did too. He's it. he's Justin Bieber. He can wear whatever he wants, and I think it's cool. And how about everybody falling over him all after the game? Do you see him get escorted
0: into the dressing room? Well, as it's Justin Bieber, as he should. Is he
2: one of the like ten most famous people on
0: earth? I have no idea. Do you see Brendan Shanahan waiting for him in the dressing room? No, my Jen, not your Jen. (laughs) And he was like. Well, he he acted like the next gen. I bet your kids are
1: pro Bieber. Okay, all right. I got to be honest. I would be extremely (laughs) starstruck Did you see Sean
0: McKenzie's post-game interview with Mrazik? No. Oh, same thing. It's like, uh, Justin Bieber's here. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I wanted Peter
1: Mrazik to go, hey, Sean, you want to go get his autograph? I'll wait here for you. Yeah. So this is going to be a a take that I didn't expect to have about Bieber, and I'm going to do it right now. But- the One of the reasons that Austin Matthews is as big a star as he is, because you saw the way all the other players were interacting with Bieber. You know, they're kind of like, uh, eh, like kind of talking, having these kind of weird, awkward conversations. Keith was kind of having this weird, awkward conversation. And Austin Matthews walks up to Bieber and just grabs him, puts his arm around him, holds on to him. And it's like he's any other person. And I honestly feel like Matthews thinks he's just as big a star as, as Justin Bieber. So like, I truly think he thinks it is. There's like so, a
2: fame relevance they share. Let, yes.
1: Let me get this straight.
0: Yeah. When the Leafs lose in the first round, oh here and, we and go. And Justin and Austin go to an MMA fight like four days after. Sour. Will ESPN Pissed recognize <laughs> Austin Matthews this time around? yeah they have the rights they better pretend to <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah he does not get any love no. at all he's, he's like work, he, he's the new
2: lids ambassador he just got another deal this guy's he's becoming that's fine but in superstar. the states
0: you, you look more like his security guard he's gonna break through he's okay. gonna break through this he's is young. the year down south they'll recognize austin matthews with justin
2: i like that it's a good
0: theory okay stock hockey let's talk hockey we can't do that, right? I, I mean, if very, you want to keep doing Bieber, I'm good. A very convincing 3 2 win last night. You sound less y- you than okay? convinced. <laughs> You're okay. Listen, they got the job done. Yep. Mirazik got the job done. Mark Giordano got the job done. Everything, everyone seems to be happy. At least it's a game where, once
1: again, it alleviated some pressure. Uh, Moving I, forward. I'm embarrassed to say how much better I feel about the Leafs today after a win over the Devils. Really? I, I don't know necessarily why that is. I just thought that they really limited the Devils. I know the Devils suck, but they have some guys that can play. Like, they score. Even, like, and they're fast. They're yeah. fast. But I thought they did a good job against their, their top guys. And I thought Mark Giordano, which we'll get into here, I know the Devils, like I've said, they're not the best team, but he looked a lot more like Mark Giordano than I was expecting him. Yeah, to look. is do,
2: do that we, fair? Should we start with Giordano and go through the yeah. clips? And because yeah. I agree, this is a he's he's talking point A. Let's
0: okay. 18 minutes and 38 minutes in his debut, and let's go to Sheldon Keefe. Uh, what he'll start his uh, uh, Kippers Clippers.
3: All right. <laughs> like you talk about his comfort level, my comfort level was high. You know, when, when he was out there and um, puck got on a stick, things things seemed to settle down. You know, you can just tell he's he's a veteran. He knows how to play. He, you know, despite coming in new teammates, new city, new system, all those kind of things, he's just confident and moving pucks, defending, getting in people's way. So I really liked his his play tonight.
2: You know, we. we... We all saw Bieber and talked about being starstruck. Keith talked about Giordano like he was Bieber. He was like, talking about his, your comfort level or his, like I felt great with him out there. I don't know if you saw the press conference, but he was smiling the whole time he was talking. He was just like having him out there. I just felt
0: comfortable. Comfortable. And there is a calming influence. There's no question about that. And, and you sensed it. And that's one of those games too against New Jersey. And New Jersey wants to play fast. And... Their, their numbers suggest that they're one of the better teams, right, off the rush. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they're, they're quick up and
0: down the rink. So it would have been easy for the Leafs to kind of get caught up in that and want to maybe exchange some chances. We didn't necessarily see that. And all, all I thought to myself watching this game is if, we, if you took out Mark Giordano and you put back in Travis Dermott, mm-hmm. would, would there have been the same kind of calm feeling? And we know the
2: answer to that. Of course. Oh, totally different. You know, he said something. I don't know if he said it or we talked about it, Sammy, but the idea of having another adult on the ice. Correct. You know, like just having a grown-ass adult who knows how to, okay, I, I'm not worried about my own stats or my ice time or whatever. You know, it's not time to go for a rush and try to get my, you know, talk about cookies. He's not a cookie monster. And a lot of times he, you know, he broke up plays with a stick at the line. I just, you know, with 20 seconds to go, over the Hold board, on,
0: weren't the Leafs supposed to be all over that and outgrown that and ready to win yeah, a yeah, Stanley yeah, in Cup? Theory, oh, yeah, in totally, totally. We still need one we more grown up games. though.
2: We got 19 games, so we'll figure it out. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, 20 seconds left to one goal game. Gio goes over the boards. You know, he's a guy that you, they want to see on the rink in those situations. It's nice to have those guys. Remarkably similar players statistically to Muzzin, and I think in the past we've said you can't have too much, too many of those type of guys. So, uh,
1: great start for Mark Giordano. Uh just something about Giordano, can we talk about quickly? Mm. The penalty. The non-penalty, the penalty that was turned into a he got taken out of the box. How many times have you seen that? Do they reverse the call if that's Kadri <laughs> or you know, like if it's anyone <laughs> oh, it's else in, his, in the it's, league It's in his other debut. Bet,
2: it's
0: in his debut they bet I, a lot I of money. really thought that that made the officials look really stupid.
2: I agree. See, in general I want them to get the call right. Like if they get it wrong, they confer. But it was still a subjective call. They didn't go back and get it right. They just changed a subjective call, it, which that doesn't look good. Those,
0: those type of changes or video egregious misses. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it's they're for. for. It's not for that call. I agree. And if it's reversed, if it goes against the Leafs, if Jersey wins on a power play goal off of that play, yeah. this is a huge story. And it's blown up beyond belief, mm-hmm. but it's not. But that can't happen ever again. No, the, I, the, whether or not you think that the, the stick is either making contact, and it did. It hit escape. skate. He did.
1: It, he knocked it, him off the drive.
0: That's yeah. enough. Yeah, that's enough. That that just should never have been reversed. It, it shouldn't just have been a call. So then it shouldn't
2: have been reversed. Yeah. All all of the above. I you know. I, just, I'm
0: with you. It makes the officials look bad. That's all.
2: I, th- I I really feel like you being Giordano played into that. First game in Toronto, like, they're like, ah, oh, we sure... We believe
0: th- you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, You're Mark, apple pie. If Mark says it. <laughs> You've never swore before. It is funny. <laughs> You're the nicest guy ever <laughs> in the league. We believe you. No penalty. Come on out.
2: It is a love fest. Everyone trying to, lean to lean do right by each other. Uh, Phoebe's here. Phoebs here. Come like
0: on they, out of the box. They even put Gio... <laughs> in Buy the, a jersey.
2: They put him in the starting lineup. Did you like that? You know, nice little. Loved it. Yeah. Why not,
0: eh? We do know this is yep. the right organization for that.
2: Right. They'll do those things yes. for the players. And Geo, uh, sorry, Sheldon Keith weighed in on the decision to put him in the starting lineup.
3: Now it's in the starting lineup. I just you know it's a bit of a welcome home for him. You know, it's a great opportunity for for the fans to acknowledge him. You know, he's as much as he's coming here to play for the Leafs and all that. He's also a local guy that has had a very accomplished career. Uh, so I think it's a pretty special moment and, you know, not surprised that our fans recognize that obviously we have a very intelligent uh, fan that knows what's happening and, and they acknowledge that. So I was happy that he had that moment.
0: You know, what's going to be interesting here moving forward is uh, the pairings and how they can stay consistent. Muzzin still has to come back. Mm-hmm. Where does that move everybody in the pecking order? We know Morgan Riley wherever he, whoever he's with gets anointed the uh, the number one pair right but after that it gets kind of a little tricky here on yeah. who's who's considered in your top 4 who's in the bottom pair how much ice time who sees what matches up they they kind of look all the same after uh, after you get by Riley. Yeah.
2: And I think you really like that. You know, Dubas mentioned that in his press conference that he wanted to have three pairs they could put over the boards and feel like they don't have to protect anyone and no one's sheltered. You know, when Muzzin comes back, that bumps Lilligren. And, you know, you got six PK guys, right? now, I have Riley and Labushkin kill, Brody and Hall kill, Muzzin and Giordano all kill penalties. Like anyone can go at any time. Um, I think that's a really good spot. You're rarely as healthy as, as in that scenario, but. What I And mean, Lilligren is pretty good.
0: I'm sorry. Who said that? I know. But <laughs> <laughs> No, you didn't think so. No, I'm just shocked it, that, <laughs> that those me. words came out of your mouth.
2: I, I mean, who's, I thought
0: you've been dumping on him from day one. And <laughs> I, uh, I have been dumping on
2: him that he's not a fit. I'm, not that he can't.
0: I'm going to see if you can keep a straight face. Yeah. When we hear from Mark Giordano, I'm playing with the Lilligren right okay.
3: now. Okay, All right. I, 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 I was really impressed playing with him. I mean, he's uh for a young guy, he's got super poised with the puck. He makes really, really good decisions out there. Um, you know, you don't you don't really get a sense of uh how how complete his game is uh, on TV. I thought I thought he was really impressed. I was really impressed with uh positioning and all the little plays he makes. So hopefully uh uh we build. If we stay together, we keep building and, and go from there. Did you keep a straight face? I
2: had a couple of winces. Are
0: you complete game, good are, decisions? Uh, are you questioning whether Mark Giordano had the center ice package in Seattle or not? (laughs) I am not questioning whether he's
2: a savvy vet or not because he knows to big up the guy, the young guy that he's paired with, give him confidence, right? Like Giordano knows what he's doing. But I I did think that it was stabilizing for Lilligran, who skates well. My whole complaint has been that in the playoffs, I don't see, like, you have to shelter and protect him from the D zone. I just don't see where it fits. But in a game like last night with Giordano, okay.
0: I, I would know... 100% 100% that if Lilligren's listening to this show and hearing those comments outside of yours for the whole season, <laughs> that's going to build up his confidence alone. Right. With a guy like that stands up and, and looks the world in the eye and says, I'm really impressed with this game. That alone should build up uh, a lot of confidence in the lily pad.
2: I agree. I agree. The, the Giordano thing is going to be interesting because you, you want to keep Leafs fans' expectations reasonable, but to be aware that this he can be an impactful player, like you know, nice start, saying the right things. I guess we'll start there, and you know, don't give him too
1: much too soon. But nice start for the guy. Yeah, I just like I said out to kick off the conversation. He looked way more like what I remember Mark Giardano, Giardano looking like than I was expecting him to. Mm-hmm. I I thought he had a good impact on the game, and I thought he had a like good defensive stick. Just did right things. Yeah, and they got him out there in that. PP
2: two. He made yeah. a nice uh, shot for a tip at yeah. one point. Made a couple of nice plays. So.
0: Sheldon Keefe also played a hunch along your hunch a few shows ago on Mrazik starting last night against the Devils. I said no. You said yes. Good enough for you to move forward. Got the job done. You know, I, my
2: theory at the time was that it, was, should, it be, should be an easier game. You got a non-playoff team on a back-to-back with travel. You should be able to get him a win, get feeling good about his game, and that did come to fruition. He only gave up two goals. I still thought he looked terrible.
0: <laughs> okay. I did. I don't know but you. Do you guys like his game? Let's go to Sheldon okay. Keith. We'll listen to Keith. We know your comments. We'll yeah. go to Keith's and then we'll pick it up.
3: Right. I thought he looked really good. Uh, I thought he looked calm, confident, tough tough game. You know, you only get a few shots in that first period. Not a lot of work, and a couple of shots he got were, were tough. <laughs> Saves there. Uh, and then all of a sudden, in the second period, things turned, and there was a lot more... Uh, really good looks for them, Uh, but I I thought he looked looked really good. That was a great step for him.
0: Compared to what we've seen in the past, he's 100% correct. You thought so? Well, just going from what we've seen to what we saw last night.
2: Yeah, compared to (laughs) (laughs) an actual house fire, (laughs) the bonfire was okay.
0: You're
1: 100% right. (laughs) So maybe it is in my mind that I'm comparing it off of what he looked like in other games this year. But I thought that last night, what they were talking about the reset with him and like, oh, you know, this is a new chance. It's a new start. You cleared waivers, blah, blah, blah. No one wanted you. I really do think he looked, at least looked, way calmer. You don't agree? Like, I, 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 I just I don't think... think. He just feel like he was flying around way less. I mean, maybe it's less,
2: but he just makes himself so small so often and like on pushes there's one in particular i have in my mind where he pushed across they shot it back to his blocker side and he's trying to get small enough to let the puck in but it gets a piece of him and goes out like i just thought everything went well you know the one gets weirdly tipped through his legs the other he's on his belly swimming the you know freestyle 50 meter uh you know I, i don't know for me though you got him the win he only gave up two you get to play him again and you know try to
0: build him back to a goaltender you can use and the damage that he's done in terms of losing confidence either in teammates or management or the city or the fans, you're not making up against a non-playoff team but you can on a fall back-to-back. Behind. Yes. There's everything to lose yeah. and minimal to gain. Yeah. And he did what he needed to do to pick up that next start, either Saturday night or Sunday Against Florida. Yeah. But that, uh, that that's not enough for 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 us to see. Um, you,
2: 20 shots? Four in the first period? 22 shots. Something 22. New
0: Jersey's a, a team that wants to play really fast. Yeah. Right? And uh, I don't think they were necessarily sharp. I found they made a lot of the errors. The
2: Leafs can be guilty of at times of like pushing on offense. And that led to the short similarities. Chances. Yeah.
0: They're, they're, they're fast. They want to play fast. You look at uh, the game winning goal angles, game winning goal. Mm-hmm. Just watch how fast they want to gain the zone. Yeah. To the point where three devils. Yep. Over skate the puck. Same on the McKayev goal. Right. Same exact same thing. And I, this is where the Leafs are guilty too. When I watch them, is you you, you can't play the game a thousand miles an hour all the time, right? You you and this is where maybe Mark Giordano can come in and calm things down and and actually slow the pace down every once in a while. Yeah, you know
2: who does not play fast anymore? Uh, PK Subban. You know, no disrespect to a guy who's yeah. had a great career, but that McKayev goal. I know McKayev is fast, but Sammy and I watched it back. Subban has a head start on yeah. him and is ahead of him, and before Mikhaev even starts going the other way, yeah. and I, he barely gets a stick on him. Like I don't want to say he can't skate anymore, but like at no, the foot NHL, foot speed's an issue. It's, he's slowed down considerably.
0: He has, and mikhaev thats a goal he would never have scored in November or last year. Not a prayer. He is he shoots. It he in is really is the figuring it out how to kind of match the hands with the speed. He's going so fast, and to be able to pull uh, Dawes off the post yeah. and go around him isn't quick hands. It's how f- how fast he's skating.
2: Yeah, and that's
0: the thing. When you're
2: moving that fast, if he can at least hold the goalie a second, make the goalie th- freeze a little bit, going across the net, and I think I said it on this show, that like him taking the puck across the net has been the biggest evolution to his offensive game. At least open the goalie up. If it doesn't go in, it should leave something around the crease. Lots to like about uh, McCann. By the way, sorry. The no. third line is giving me hope for the Leafs in playoffs. Like me too. Like Gord Coleman, Goodrow, those Tampa Bay guys. Could they? Could you get some goals out of this group in playoffs?
0: Mm-hmm. I'd like him to play a little edgier, though. Oh sure. If you want to put them up against Coleman, yeah. and Goodrow, you you can't you can't. You can't you can't put them in the same sentence unless you see somebody out there willing to get their noses a little dirtier than they have. Mm-hmm. And I'm not taking anything away from them, but that's no, not all three of can't. That's, camp not, that's is, not they don't do it. They don't do that. Yeah. They they'll outwork you or they'll outcycle you or they'll they can lean on you to pick up a puck. But when leaning isn't enough and they got to ramp it up or or one up you, I I don't know if they can do that yet.
2: I'm not, no argument for me on that. That is a shortcoming. But if we're sitting here on May 6th and the Leafs got some surprise goal from a Max Talbot type guy, someone at the bottom of the lineup, you could easily see yes. this line coming through with a shorty or, for a, sure.
0: you know, some rush goal. Absolutely. Which would probably make Sammy cry mm-hmm. the day he drives Mikhaev to the airport.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will. I'm going to be be crying that whole drive. You
0: didn't have – two months ago, you wanted to drive him to the airport Uh, next year. And now you got to be thinking a little differently.
1: He's he's turned himself into a pretty important guy. Yeah. I just – it was always the lack of finish for me and the lack of – not even finish, just like awareness. He'd always take the bad wrister from the half boards or he'd beat the wrister straight into a guy's arm or into his pad or right into his chest – the, his ability, like Borny has talked about, to take it across the goalie has really changed his ability to score. And guys are respecting that more now, so they're giving him the cheat side a little bit more. I just, he's really worked on his game, and credit to him. But this is a different guy than we were seeing in the last couple of years. Like, his ability mm-hmm. to score has really, really improved. And, and that and that was always makes him play with him. Like, sure, he's flying around doing stuff, but his awareness and his ability to score was never there like it is now.
2: And now his agent is tweeting the show me the money gift yes, from I Jerry Maguire. Milstein which...
1: just clipped what I said, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> the, the other guy four, that
0: may have not scored a goal like last night, shorthanded, Engvall. Yeah. And I... I didn't exactly see a nine and a half million dollar uh, defensive play by Dougie Hamilton on that play. By the way, yeah, where was he going?
3: He, he, he treated
0: Engvall like he was up against Connor McDavid. <laughs> I, you want to panic and go down like that against Connor McDavid? Yeah, I get that. Yeah, Engvall just stand you, in front of him, just, Doug. <laughs> or, or, or how about this? Just let him shoot on the goalie who's right. already who's already lined up. The well, goalie
2: knows he's there. It's like the NBA equivalent of a long two. Let him have Just that one.
0: Take The most dangerous guy still, according to the salary cap, was Willie Nylander down there. You take away that pass, mm-hmm. and you've done your job. You know, D on those
2: slides, I, if I'm not mistaken, they're supposed to slide to the short post so they don't hit the goaltender and they whatever. Doug was, the old Dougie was going off into the corner for a little, I mean, great play by Pierre to read it. No, Not taking anything away from the play, but... Not the greatest defensive ever.
0: Okay, I want to pick up this conversation a little bit on on the third line here, mm-hmm. and you're great on it. But where is the second line, and who is the second line? By the way,
2: has to have Kasha on it, but that means he has to play.
0: It's some. It's- Are we? Is there still not a concern about getting We Willie going here, Tavares? Tavares. When he's gone, he's gone, right? Oh, that's quick like, no no it's a good it's a really important point too. who, who is the second line right now?
2: you know I, I hear the conversations about great duos around the league, and McDavid and Drycidal have you know played together and loved it and then got split up to give Oilers more of a threat. C- Sid and Gino, you know I know both of them play center, but you know they make sure those guys are on separate lines till they need them. I just can't help but feel. Matthews and Marner are the two best play drivers for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I don't know that they need to be on the same line to optimize the Leafs' talent. I, I feel like they might be better utilized if you give Mitch to Devarez.
0: I think he needs him.
2: Yeah. And then you have, uh, to me, Kasha is the other guy who on the other side who can go bunting, go get pucks, Kasha can worker. you kind of have the worker be on the line in both cases, but I, Kerfoot for me is not... Not been it's good just enough.
0: far too long now for, especially Willie ne- Nylander, to not have more intensity in his game. Like, like, like
2: like he still the, shoots the, it in the net at the same pace, I think. Does he not point per game or something? But, or
0: it's, it's those moments when he's not shooting it in there that you want him to at least be able to still influence the game when he's out there. I know. And that's the part that's not happening.
2: What's frustrating is like how he was amazing in playoffs and then in those games. He was awesome the start of the year, and you can see it. He has these runs where he's this guy where you're like, that's the guy. And life happens. You never know what guys are going through and ups and downs and whatever. But, yeah, you're, you're trying to find that version of him.
0: What's think, nice is it's there for a ceiling. For I them. think there's a good chance we're going to see a little bit of a, a change on the lines this weekend. Yeah. And the, the other one that's struggling for me, I don't know about you guys, but bunting. Bunting has not had a good week. No, no.
2: I guess I haven't thought about him. Has it been bad play or just not as good as it?
0: Yeah, just not as uh, not as influential when he's on the ice. Mm -hmm. I don't see. I I, I see him overhandling the puck. Uh, I see him losing some. games. I see some some lost battles, and we saw Sheldon Keefe just prior to last night uh, move uh, move him off. The big line, mm-hmm. so that's just something to keep an eye on too. And you know, you also got to protect bunting a little bit here too from burnout. And- burnout, never done it before. You know, uh, calming him down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Too much. You got to maybe back him off a little bit here too because he is. It, it's it's a grind. You want to be a top player on a top line, on a top team, and and bring it every night. It's it's a big ask for a guy you you weren't sure if you are going to give him a,
1: a one-way or two-way contract. So, yeah, if there's one line, there's two lines that they don't want to break up, right? The third line and the first line. They've been very hesitant to break those up. But I think that there's – of the way he's looked in the last two weeks, is a guy that you would – Probably be the first guy that you would insert into the top six. It's a good point.
2: Yeah. Well, can mckayev get a look there, and then Kasha when he comes back and go back in the third line.
1: It, but I think they've tr- they've tried Willie with with Tavares and McAvay before in the past, though, haven't they? I don't think it's. I think they've done it before. Yeah, I do believe they've had looks.
2: McAvay's another guy. And Bunting's
1: had looks with Tavares and nylander yeah. too.
2: McAvay's another guy who doesn't work. Off his line mates. He doesn't like, you don't see a lot of tic tac toes and small no. plays. Like, he does everything on you his chip own because Kapanen him he goes, was like
1: that. You chip it up the boards, he goes flying.
2: Yeah. Like, basically. Kapanen, if you put him on the first line with Matthews or the fourth line with nobody, he'll score 15 goals that season. He'll kill a penalty. He'll do the exact yeah. same thing because he doesn't use his line mates. And McKayev is not a knock, it's a stylistic thing. McKayev is a guy that doesn't really matter who he plays with. He does the same thing regardless. Kasha can make some plays. He can make some. You know, you know, we saw him playing with Willie, you know, and, and scoring some goals. Three, uh, three straight games he scored in before he was out. So, just hope he comes back and can
0: give him two months in May and June. All right, two shorthanded goals last night. Their ten shorthanded goals this season are the most in the NHL, and they're and most in a season since two thousand five, two thousand six, when they scored fourteen. I have never seen a team as dangerous yeah. as this team
1: shorthanded it, it, remi- it reminds me of Bergeron and 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 um Marchand on the on the power yeah. penalty kill let's let's listen
0: to Sheldon Keefe describe his penalty kill
3: speed tenacity it's a pressure kill so we're applying pressure we're putting people in bad spots and our guys anticipate very well it's all things that, that Dean talks about and then you know, it's the it's the instincts of the players, the speed to close quickly, and then the skill level to make plays and finish plays. So, uh, I was obviously huge today. I mean, we gave up. I mean, we gave up one officially on the kill, but really it was two. You know, I don't think Austin was back in the play but, you know, when that second one went in, but two huge goals, uh, you know, shorthanded to make up for it. Those shorthanded goals are the big momentum of swingers, and obviously, you know, that one... Engvall's goal, double minor, I think there's seven and a half, eight minutes, whatever it is, left in the third there, double minor in a tie game. But, you know, put your team in a tough spot there, and PK was excellent. I don't know if we gave up a scoring chance and, and then had a couple of our own and and made good on one. So, you know, I really like that and made up for the fact, you know, that our power play obviously wasn't good tonight. I'll
0: tell you how good their PK is. Mm-hmm. I'm watching sometimes their lackluster five-on-five, five and I'm thinking to myself, this would be a good time to take a penalty. <laughs> this is a good <laughs> t- So when they're shorthanded,
2: they get almost a quarter of the scoring chances, like 23% is the first in the NHL by a long shot. So, like, incredible numbers. When Ilya Mikheyev is on the ice, 43% of the scoring chances shorthanded are for the Leafs. He, they're as likely to score that way. Really? As, as long, yeah, it's first in the NHL by miles. That's an amazing stat. Yeah. Like there it's there are guys at five on five whose numbers aren't
0: that good. So they yeah, their PK is so dangerous. Yeah, and, and f- fifth it, it's keeping pucks out too. Okay, this is my kind of whole theory on this too. All right. Okay. Bring it around. Is that I, I watch the penalty kill and everybody thinks it's not about killing it off. It's not about icing. Mm-hmm. It's about getting the opportunity to go score a goal. Sure. Sniff it out. And you can see it. And for the most part, it's been very successful. Their numbers are great. And it just, I think it just speaks to the whole philosophy of this Toronto Maple Leaf team. I agree. From first to fourth line, from first pair to third pair, that everybody, everybody believes every time you're on the ice, we can score a goal. Yeah. And that's good, but it can also be your worst nightmare as well. Mm-hmm. And I just think if they can just mature a little bit to just pick their spots a little better, and maybe this is where Gio can come in and calm that down mm-hmm. and be one of those guys that says, you don't have to feel like you're, you got to go score a goal every shift.
2: Yeah. If you have Gio and Muzzin and Riley and Labushkin who wants to
1: stay home, like you should have some guys back. It, it shouldn't be two on ones. I, I, why not go for it every penalty I kill? I mean, you, you, Goals are going to go in the net on the power play, regardless if you're set up. If you're like, I, I, I think there's going were to be. They 24th cer- last year. They're fifth. There's there's a certain- do, you, do you
0: remember the majority of the season when we're watching these bad pinches and these odd man rushes? Yeah, but on the penalty
1: kill, Kip, it's different because it's there. The percentages no, I, of the puck going okay. in the net.
0: Yeah, you're. I'm not. I'm not knocking it. I'm not knocking it. I'm just talking about a bigger picture here. Yeah. Of, of, of a mindset. I'll buy that I'm just, a little bit. I'm just taking the mindset that you have on the penalty kill and how it just bleeds into everything. Mm-hmm. And it. it That's it, interesting. It can't, you can't always feel like this shift we have to score. And I think that can kind of. It, it, it should be different for the first line, the second line, the third line, and the fourth line. Not everybody should have an equal philosophy of, hey, if I get a break, I'm going, I'm, I'm going, I'm jumping.
2: You know, I've always thought with Team Canada, if you could build four first lines, what's the point in having a fourth line? You know, what's the point in, like, stuff stylistically, like having a grinder line, a dump and chase line, whatever. Just have a first line that goes and plays at the other end of the rink and outscores the opposition. And I think that's the philosophy here. They think that if their fourth line can be more likely to score than get scored on, that's all they're asking them to do. They don't need them to play a certain way. Now, you can definitely argue that it it doesn't work in the nhl and the salary cap when you're paying guys 750 grand it's a different sort of team building but i think the philosophy is one that they that's the idea can our fourth line score more than their fourth line then we
0: should win the game when they're on the ice so blackwell comes in uh didn't look out of place could score uh he's heavy on his skates he's I'm not, not a skater. He's, he's five nine but he looks sturdy he looks like, like uh a little uh fire plug out there yep I think he's got a chance to to really help. Uh, and I'm glad that they've started him on the fourth line. Would he get looks moving up the lineup? Yeah,
1: but maybe down the road. Doesn't have to be last night against New Jersey. Yeah. So, can I just go back to the penalty kill with yeah, you yeah, guys? yeah, yeah. And I think a huge part of it is personnel. And he alluded to it in that clip talking about the guys that we have. But Marner's anticipation and ability to read passes and knock stuff out of midair and go the other way and make transition passes and stuff. Like, I don't think there's a lot of teams that have the personnel and the Cavs really good at that too. I think Yeah, you don't want to mess around with the puck high in the zone, but they have the guys. I think they wouldn't play like this if they didn't have the personnel they do. And since they do, that's why they do it. Is there something to that? Am I making sense?
0: We, we know Sheldon it's, it's built on this, the skill and the speed and they're not shy about going for it. I just think that when it comes to tougher games down the stretch here and to win four rounds for a Stanley Cup, you got you to gotta pull the reins on, on that uh, philosophy at, at times and, uh, yeah. and do it with the right
1: guys. You're right. Marner, green light all day long. He was unbelievable. He's unbelievable every night. Like, but the penalty kill, is cardio is out of control. I can't believe how hard he skates for so yeah. long.
2: I feel like I've always believed as a coach, when you get handled a roster, you don't just get to play the, or coach the way you want your team to play. You have to coach to your roster's strengths, right? And yeah. I asked Barry Trotz this once and, uh, on a show once upon a time, and he said that everywhere he coached, he played a different forecheck based on the ability uh, of that roster. And so I think with the Leafs, you're right, Sam. You're like, okay, you got Mitch Marner. We're going to go. We're going to, you know, we're going to cheat a little bit. We're going to let our guys hedge. I don't think if you ask them to sag and just block shots, it's going to be as effective. So it makes sense for the Leafs to go on. Do, do you see
0: it. any scenario in the Stanley Cup playoffs where uh, Blackwell, Spezza, and Simmons are your fourth line?
2: And you're in trouble if it is. So I'm looking at Blackwell's time Simmons on ice. Simmons and-
1: five last night. What's that? Simmons played five minutes last Yeah,
2: night. so time on ice for Blackwell over his last five games, four in Seattle, 16, almost 17 minutes, 15 and a half, 16, 15, 8 he played last night. Like, this isn't who he's been in Seattle yeah. or anywhere, really. So I do think it was more a matter of just, like, get him acclimated, keep expectations low. Yeah. You know, they did talk about making room for him to play up the lineup, so I think that's going to happen.
0: The other interesting thing here to keep an eye on, too, is I'm watching Jason Spezza. Because he's got now 19 games to go, and he needs 10 points for a thousand. Am I right? Correct. You that's that is like don't tell me that that's not in the back of his mind. You that so? is a oh my god that's a huge milestone. A thousand points yeah is huge, and I know he
1: got to get hot here
0: yeah he's got to go on and and i don't know if he can do it on on the fourth line i know he'll get some looks maybe on a second power play or he
1: gets
2: frustrated he doesn't get a shot at that second line there with Spezza and Willie. uh
0: i would think he would jt
2: yeah i think he would because guys we're dying there like i've scored a thousand points maybe you know give me a couple of runs you know it's interesting he's got 20 points all year yeah, I know. I've been messing take- around with time on ice while we're on the show here, just to see who's playing what. It is, is interesting. The Bunting only plays like sixteen a night. You know, Matthews and Marner are playing twenty two, and I know they're on the power play, but it's a big swing. So he is their left winger, but they—he's not out there over the boards every time with them. Sheldon's conscious not, of that.
0: He's not the biggest, heaviest guy. He's not like a, 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 a physically. He's not a horse. He's no Colin Blackwell, right? Right. No, Matthew Nyes.
2: Oh, you, I was yeah. going
1: to say you took the word out of the oh, way. Oh, yeah. yeah. I
0: keep forgetting that we've the Savior's on the way. Yeah. we got little Buddhas on the line here. <laughs> oh, yeah. You better be in the lineup in about three and a half weeks, four weeks. Okay, we're going to take a quick break here. Aaron Ward, former NHLer, Stanley Cup winner. He's going to join us, regular contributor here on the Real Kipper and Born show. We'll have a lot of fun with him. And in the second hour, Brian Boucher, former NHL goalie, hockey analyst on ESPN. All right, you're watching on our YouTube channel, SportsNets, and listening on Sportsnet 590, The Fan.
1: Thanks for joining us. We'll be back after this. The code word for today's episode to text 590-590 to qualify for your shot to win Leafs Devils tickets on March 31st is Stanley breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day the Jeff Merrick show
4: subscribe and download the show on Apple Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts
0: waiting on Aaron Ward he'll join us momentarily also, also going to give out tickets later on aren't we Sammy yeah, but We give out tickets every day. Sammy's like every ticket
2: ferry. Just drops when them off that happen? all around Toronto. We'll, we'll
0: do it. We'll do it later. We got Wardo. Wardo's there. Aaron Ward joining us. Stanley Cup winner. Puck tracking technology at its finest. Technolog.
4: What a transition. How are you, Wardo? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're in the doldrums of, uh, what is it, March now? waiting for playoffs to happen. So what are we talking about today?
0: Well, <laughs> big story. Uh, the Leafs pickup of uh, Mark Giordano and what a veteran uh, D-man like him could bring into the lineup. Love to get your thoughts.
4: Well, I think it kind of goes along the lines of, of Simmons and Spezza. You get veterans who are wanting to be there, right? Ideally, you've got a guy in a stage of his career where he has still a fair amount to offer. Uh, I think what he brings to this lineup is stability. We've got so much uh, criticism kind of volleyed towards the decor of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I think Giordano is is almost the deflection of all that attention on the decor. Uh, Although clearly you got some injuries in the back end, it's almost that refreshing feeling, right? So uh, most teams, when you're going into the playoff run, you hope you get an endorsement from your organization, that there's a belief in your team that you're going to get something done so they bring in in a key piece. So I think Giordano clearly... Uh, with his past experience and leadership that he's he's had in in, in Calgary and his short spin in Seattle, should be a, 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 both a mental boost to that locker room and a and a presence on the ice.
2: The one thing I think we struggle to quantify with numbers these days is like is space. Like good defenders really never give shooters a lot of room. They're close to them. They're tight. Now Giordano is that for me. It eh? doesn't feel like when he plays defense. Anyone is, you know, has long stretches of time with a puck, he really closes gaps quickly. First off, do you have any sort of numbers? Does that exist in this new age world? And just your thought on Giordano as someone who closes space in the D zone.
4: Okay, so one of the things, so yesterday we're sitting in, in uh, our headquarters in Durham, North Carolina, we're sitting now with ESPN, and ESPN's trying to figure out different ways to present these these types of data. And uh, they were asking about the same idea of, of space and, and really... Essentially, uh, Shane Kelly, who's the heads up, our, our data science office in Toronto, was talking about the fact that how you gauge uh, some of the, the offensive abilities, you flip it the other way, is when you talk about spaces, do they get the opportunities in the key areas, home plate? We call it the key at SMT, but generally referred to as home plate, do they get the quality shots off? Now, for me, the way I, the way I made up for my lack of ability to close was positionally, I always try to position myself in, in the shot lane, I tried to block it. For guys like Giordano, like, I always think of one of his greatest assets when I watched him play in Calgary, why he was so tough to play against. His his body positioning is one thing, but he's got an amazing stick. To so not only just, you know, even the position of your stick as a forward as you're going down, and taking a guy wide. You can prevent a guy from making a pass just by presenting a, a, an obstacle of, of his stick. Giordano is so good physically even at his age right now getting himself up in that that possession area of a guy you know stick handling up in that area he has a confidence in his play so that that's exactly it for, for me Giordano is is the type of guy that he competes but he has the ability to really take away your options whether it's being in the shot lane whether it's taking your time to 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 get your head up to make a play that is one of his greatest assets. And I think that's, everybody's like discounting LA. You know, he's, he's up there in age. Here's the deal. Number doesn't matter if you still accomplish it. If he's still the guy that's still able to do all those things you saw two, three years ago, I don't care how old you are. If you, if you get the job done, that's what really essentially matters.
0: And this is the reason why teams like Washington or the Islanders hang on to a guy like uh, Chara or Chelios is able to go into his 40s.
4: Yeah. So part, like I always say, so you look at defensemen. So currently in, in, in Montreal, they have a really young core group of of guys. Part of what happens is you, you, the the tough part for young guys is baptism by fire. You don't know anything about your opponent. You come into a league and, and some of the skill sets you, you kind of accrue or learn is the experience of playing against certain guys. You know what their tendencies are. And so, When you get older guys who have that Rolodex in their mind of almost being able to tell you what a guy's about to do before he even decides to do it, because he's seen them repeatedly do the same things over and over and over, you can get to a place and and, and get yourself in position to, to, to be able to confront them. That's the amazing part of, like, I got to the point where I just couldn't at 37. I physically could not get to the places I needed to get to. It's always amazing to see the guys that outlast the numbers of age I can get it done. I mean, it's a testimony to, you know, Chris Chelios used to sit a bike in the, in the sauna and bike away at 42 years old and, and you know, go for 20 straight minutes and, and I didn't even want to get on the bike for 20 minutes in the actual weight room because I just didn't want to do it. Uh, this guy had some, some clear dedication to the game. So, yeah, it, it is a testimony to being able to not only physically be able to do it at, a, at an upper upper age, but the know-how. It's again the the innate ability to know where to be at the right time.
2: Yeah, man, I'm 39. I can't mow my lawn throw a bad back for 3 days. I don't understand how guys do it at the NHL level getting smashed around into the upper 30s. Um, you know, when I watched that game last night for the Leafs, I, I see a third line that's just effective so so effective that they don't want to break it up. Like they're looking at their second line and they're falling behind. They're going, "That's we got to deal with X." The third line is so good." In your experience in watching Stanley Cup teams and, and teams that go deep in playoffs, that seems like an essential ingredient, that that depth line that can contribute some random goals and be effective uh, in their own end. Do you think that the, the Leafs have one here that fits that mold?
4: So, yeah, I, I think I said it like two months ago. There's something about ball for me that I, I just love the guy. I don't know what it is that he does. He doesn't, I don't think he gets the accolades he deserves, but... Show me an NHL team that won the Stanley Cup in the last five, six years that hasn't been a roll your type, you know, just the ability to roll every single line. And third line, honestly, if you think about it, generally your, your top line cancels out top line. You, you, you've got guys that the key on, on your top line. Where you can find those intangibles around the National Hockey League come playoff time, that, that is where you're successful. You need to look at, I mean, the fourth line in, in, in New York. The clutter bucks and and, uh, and the Matt Martins and, and help me again on the on the, the third the guy played Ciz- right. Suzekus <laughs> like debt is where you have to find the, that, that second level. Right? If you think about what took out Toronto, I know it's gonna be a sour, sour story, but if you think about what took out Montreal I mean, sorry, Toronto last year was not the top lines in in, in, in Montreal. It was the Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, and Joel Armia. That line was what finally got the, the, the team traction midway through that, that series. They were able to control the puck. They were getting offensive chances, and it more or less kind of created a, an example for the rest of the team on how to play. And so where you find your depth in the playoffs is, is you know, essentially you know, the John Bruce, the guys that, that, that you don't expect to, to be the key contributors, Why teams go on runs.
0: We're speaking with former National Hockey Leagueer Aaron Ward, currently working uh, with the NHL player in puck tracking. When we look at to what we think might be uh, the defense core for the Toronto Maple Leafs once Muzzin comes back, you know you assume that wherever Riley is, it's the first pair. But after that, you got guys that are making five million dollars uh, in, in the second or third pair. Have you ever played on a on a team, Wardo, where you've you've looked at your 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 position on on the blue line? And go, am I the second pair or am I on the third pair?
4: <laughs> well, I see. So if you think about two thousand six, right? So we we went a Stanley Cup run. Can can you guys even name me four of the guys on D back then?
0: I mean, no. <laughs> uh, Car- uh, w- 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 Carolina, right? Glenn Wesley. <laughs> Glenn <laughs> Wesley. Wesley. That's one. Um, Wesley. <laughs> Commodore? <laughs> Wesley? Uh, Google. Yeah, Commodore? Says...
4: Commodore.
3: Oh, Commodore.
4: Right, I'll give it to you. So we had basically a motley crew of defensemen. So it was Caberly and I, Frank Caberly and I. It was, it was Hedekin and Commodore. Wesley oh, Brett, and Nick Wally. I forgot
1: Brett, yes.
4: Okay, but, but, but that's the point, right? It's, it's inevitably, if you can find consistency, you don't have a wide variance in how your team plays. If, you, if you've got guys that can generally play at the same level – it's actually I would say easier for your forwards to consistently have to adapt to the same guys knowing you you don't have one guy that maybe when he's down the ice you have to clear out room for him because he's going end to end generally all six guys had to jump up in the play and support we didn't have an offensive powerhouse and we didn't really have a defensive liability so when you say did you ever play for a team that you weren't sure if you're you could be one or three, depending on if Laviolette felt like your matchup was good with, with the opponent. And that was the uniqueness of, of playing in a team like that. So the depth, and you're talking about what you have in your, your second pairing. Depending on what I like about that group is they can play really key to, to the, the defensive shutdown component, but they also have an offensive output that, that exists there. So I think, my, again, I, I, it's going to be interesting to see the chemistry that develops when everybody is healthy. I want to see the dynamic and, and, and the chemistry between all six D and, and how they fall in. Because you never know. There could be, there could be something up the coaching staff sleeve to, to mix up. Maybe put a guy on his offhand. You never know what, what may be available. And you have to really platoon a lot of guys. And so they may go the experiment route. And this is one of the things that happened in 06. A lot of you let towards the last three weeks of, of the season actually didn't play normal pairings. He started to see it in, in, in the case that we may have an injury back there, he wanted to see who is an absolute dog of a pairing and who he might be surprised by. It's funny,
2: sorting uh that 6 team by height and weight, seven of the biggest eight guys were D, like just a big sturdy decor you guys had. Commodore Wally. Uh, you, you played uh, heavy. Teverdosky yeah, just a large group. Um actually
4: Tevradovsky didn't actually even play that year. Oh, did he not? Yeah, the no, Hedekin. He I think you got one game as a, we we dressed, I think, in in one game in the Stanley Cup and dressed seven D, but other than that, it was the the six guys I mentioned.
2: Yeah, a lot of a lot of big dudes. So what was your experience over your career in seeing dressing rooms change when they have guys added or taken away? you know, it has to be, when you add big names, like whether it be Claude Giroux or whatever, it has to change the feel of a dressing room. Mark Giordano, too. Did you have any experiences with that throughout your career? Yeah, so I'd say
4: that the responsibility falls on the guy that's coming to that locker room. Do you? To -hmm. come in with both the right attitude and the proper presentation. And what I mean by that, so again, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but 06, we bring in two pretty decent big-name guys. We brought in Mark Recchi and Doug Waite. And as as guys who have done something pretty impactful to that stage, you thought to yourself, well, this is gonna this is gonna upset the apple cart. The balance of this locker room is gonna change. The truth is, it didn't because Doug Waite and and Mark Recchi came in as pure pros, showed a giant smile on their face. They walked in. They were uh, very kind of accommodating and 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 great with everybody. Immediately messed with our lineup. And the truth is, you're almost judgmentally in a place as a guy that has been there previous seeing how a guy is in terms of how he, he, he enters this locker room, is he happy to be there? Did, did he want to be part of this trade? These guys came in and presented a great attitude and I think the truth is Giordano already did himself uh, uh, a, a good service by saying what he said in the media, wanting to go back to, to to the town and play for his childhood favorite team and that is heard and seen by everybody in that locker room. So They'll, open, they'll welcome him with open arms and I don't imagine that in his life experience, he doesn't already know that the the onus is on him to not only integrate himself on the ice, but off the ice.
0: want to ask you about uh, the Boston Bruins and what uh, has made uh, producer Sammy McKee awfully nervous is uh, Lindholm going to the Boston Bruins and envisioning the Leafs and Boston playing in the first round. It's one thing to get a first and second rounder for a Lindholm if you're Pat Verbeek in Anaheim. But it's another thing to go and replace his 24 minutes a night. And I'm thinking at 6.5, I don't know, maybe he should have kept him.
3: You talking
4: about Anaheim? Yeah. Uh, well, here's the thing. I listened to Lindholm in an interview yesterday. Uh, oh, what was he on? I don't know if it was Turner that did the interview. And they, they had a pretty, a pretty transparent interview. He talked about the fact that he wanted to be in Boston. He wanted to be in that market. So what we don't know happens in behind closed doors if he's made it very clear that he's not going to be sticking around. So, I mean, Popper Beak may have had a clearer picture on what is and what, what what was or what wasn't going to evolve over the summer or in the future. Um, I, I think that, that, that Anaheim's right, that you've got a great core group of young guys. It doesn't mean just because you have acquired a first and second that you, you have to hold on to them. I think there's going to be a good number of teams looking to to get draft picks back come this summer, and and if you have a ton, I mean, it's still a commodity to to be had. Uh, Lindholm for me, I think, is, is a bit of a shocker. Like, I thought the the whole Boston, how they approached it, in signing Nebraska, I thought immediately that was a sign to me that this was a signing trade. Like, it was over with. They're gone. He's going to be moved on. The fact that he stayed was a shocker. For Lindholm to come in and, and, and play in Boston is a shocker, because look at the competition in the East right now. There's going to be Seven of of the eight teams that make the Stanley Cup playoffs in the East that honestly think they're going to make they they have a chance of winning the cup. Three teams are going to be eliminated in the first round, easily. Between Pitt, Boston, Toronto, two teams in Florida, Carolina, and uh, I'm missing one. But New York, New York Rangers. Yeah, that, that this is the most competitive playoffs coming in. This far out that I could ever imagine. I'm like, this. there's going to be some GMs that are having some sleepless nights over the way this season's going to end and how you even position yourself and hoping you get home ice. So Boston took a pretty big, you know, I mean, keeping Nebraska and bringing them home is a pretty big move. But, I mean, these teams in the East, if they really honestly think that uh, they got a full shot at winning the Cup, I mean, I want to know what, what, what reason to believe this.
2: Well, before we let you go, I want to get your take on the West. You know, looking at that uh, group of teams, man, it could be anyone in there right now. uh, Dallas, Nashville, Vegas, Winnipeg, Vancouver, so many teams kind of buzzing around there. Is there any teams in that group that you think are more or less legit than the others? Like this Vegas team, they might miss the playoffs, Wardo.
4: That's the head scratcher. I think that was the one that stood out to me is that, Oh, I think we came into the season thinking it was Colorado and then maybe Vegas was going to come in. And then the, I was it not a foregone conclusion? ICO gets acquired and here we are. I mean, of course they're going to find some, some traction here. They've lost their identity. I mean, they're, they're, I know they've, they've had to deal with injuries, but there's something that's completely off there in, in Colorado. Um, I honestly got how tell you, the, the, the crazy part for me, and, and I'm going to correlate this with the Flurry trade, I think Colorado clearly is is right in the forefront. But the fact that Flurry went and, and decided to go to uh, Minnesota, when you hear that, that Flurry tra- turned down an opportunity to go to, to, the, to the Washington Capitals, I think there's some validity to it. If you look at the East, you're like, oh, that's packed. If I want to go to the Stanley Cup Finals, I think my odds are better in the West. And he goes to many... I think there's there's a lot of really quality teams in the West, but not a ton of front runners. So when you're asking me, I'm kind of hinging right now on, uh, on Nashville. I mean, we saw how Nashville competed with, with Toronto on, on Saturday and, and, and the score. I think the only thing for me where you say pick a team, Nashville for me, I think there's some inconsistencies. They can have like three really good games and like a dog. And I, I don't think they can, they can have that clearly happen come playoff times. They have to button that up somehow.
0: Quickly, before we let you go, can Calgary beat uh, Colorado?
4: I do believe. I do believe they can. I, I, I feel like... Me too. Okay, I still believe... I believe Colorado's going to win it, but when you ask the question, do I believe there's a team? I do believe Calgary is because in the, where you're, if the war of attrition wear you down to the playoffs, by the time Calgary and Colorado meet, I think there's a legitimate chance that there's an impact made by by Calgary. And we all know Calgary is such a tough place to play in that that barn is tough that's a big heavy team and I think they can compete with with the the what what Colorado brings to the table the Daryl Sutter effect hey Wardo well here's the thing thing, though they just can't have Markstrom handle the puck if anybody saw him (laughs) Markstrom's got to stay in his nut
0: he's he's not the only one around the league apparently I love they made (laughs) LaBarbera come out and talk to the media after that that was really enjoyable I no, really appreciate your time. Thanks for doing this. Uh Thanks, guys. Aaron Ward, former NHLer, currently working on NHL player and puck tracking, Technolog. So uh, I know we got to go to break soon here, and we got to give away Leaf tickets. Are we going to do that after the break or before the break? Whatever you want. What do You got, you got something? Well, yeah. Um, my good friend here, JB, had uh, either a story coming out or a theory right now on who the Leafs could match up with Best in the playoffs, coming off our conversation with Aaron Ward. Yeah,
2: you want that now? Well, what do you think? Let's save it. Good
0: time, or you want to save it?
2: I, I, I got, I got something to say. I need time. I, <laughs> I, I need to stretch my legs on this one. I don't think I have time. Okay, all our next right. Week. <laughs> I was going to put you on the spot.
1: Well, if you just, I like that Nashville team when they played the Leafs on Saturday night. Ah, oh, Nashville, they, get out of here! I thought the they were like a playoff I, I, team. Um, I
0: watched them at the beginning of the year play the Leafs, and I'm like, they suck. They were, they stunk.
1: They were horrible that game.
0: And Ryan Johansson was horrible. Yeah, Matthew Shane was players, horrible. Not well enough for me. And now they've they've turned it right around. But and, they, well, play, is they play heavy. Yeah. And they, got, and they beat up the Leafs. That Col- Physically, they, they, Leafs could not go shoulder to shoulder with Nashville.
1: I Eckholm mean, was yelling in Matthew's ear the whole night. That guy just seems perpetually pissed off.
0: Yeah, like,
2: Tanner is yeah. no like, joke. And last uh, night, they like that Trenin.
0: Like Labushkin goes, he, he gets a, a chance to run he's one guy or
2: someone. <laughs> if he ever times I really a hope hit he right. does. I mean, he's well, he had uh, Jason Robertson pretty good, but he, he, o-
0: outside of that, though, know. that's a that's a no hitter last night. That's yeah. not a playoff. A no-hitter. That's that's not a playoff. That's not a Nashville game. It's not for lack of effort on Labushkin's part because oh he God. he takes some serious runs. <laughs> a no hitter. Never heard that. Before. Before, <laughs> yes it's <laughs> pretty good and we do know that one's coming on sunday oh that's a hitter for the leafs that's gonna be a that's gonna be a hitter so that's, that's- i actually
2: i am dying to see that off- i game. can't wait florida leaves like
1: this is it so i guess quickly before we go here we could have a bigger conversation with this tomorrow but you go uh Shalgren in montreal and then Mirazik on sunday against against i, the I think you, you have to i think you do right you, do you have, have to. If the only
2: reason not is Hockey Net in Canada, Montreal Canadiens. Nobody cares. You, you want to put nobody cares. Schnellgren in net. Yeah. What's,
0: <laughs> I know. Montreal's <laughs> done. So this is all about now Marazic feels good.
2: Where's Jack at?
0: Get another practice in and get him ready for a very big test against Florida.
1: Oh, boy. Marazic against Florida. That's Florida
2: scores all the time. four goals per hockey match, which is game. absurd.
1: That'll be a, That's going to be a And that you
2: go back to your Peter Mrazek going to be looking like Denny Lemieux and Slapshot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and to go back to your theory about um, Mrazek in front of the home crowd, could go south with with uh, with Florida coming into the building.
0: Hmm. If by chance, I oh, forget it. I won't say it. We'll, we'll pick up that conversation okay. on tomorrow. Okay. okay. Well, yeah. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's. All right. Focus on. I'll uh, give away some
1: tickets. Here. Give away tickets. Three now or after the break. Tickets. I'll do it now. I'll do it now. Okay. Let's do it. Uh, so we're giving away the pair of tickets for March thirty first against Winnipeg. The uh, the the big you know punch up down at the Scotiabank Arena. It's supposed to be all the big fights. Uh, all you have to do is download uh, Wednesday and Thursday's episode of Real Kipper and Born and listen for the different code words that will be placed in the podcast. Then text. Each code word to 595.90, and you'll be entered for a chance to win. Each code word counts as entry, and the winner will be selected on Friday. Great job, Sammy. What percentage chance
2: Spezza Pionk fight? (laughs) Pionk's mad. He got need in the brain. He's going to look for revenge. 10%.
0: Uh, i Nine? think it's past now i don't know I, I, guarantee... I cannot see jason spezza holding any grudge at all spezza has got no grudge to hold i wonder if if peon call like, up punchy he... douglas for that game <laughs> no
2: <laughs> sammy and i have, have nicknamed yeah. uh old curtis punchy douglas and call want up, him to punchy. Come up
0: winnipeg still thinks they're in it boys too they're not going to go out there and just take matters in their own hands They they think they can still make the playoffs do you No, I think uh, Vancouver and Winnipeg are. Vancouver, too. Done? On the outside looking in. But again, if uh, Dallas uh, takes command of their uh, games in hand, it could be Vegas. This is where. On the outside. I find it hard to
2: be an on air personality because if it was just you and I sitting around, I'd go, Dallas sucks. I don't know if Dallas Dallas is going to make playoffs.
0: Did you see Vegas is goaltending right now?
2: be more logical than that and say they're actually pretty good they have some talent no that's my effect on
0: you yeah, you get to say suck. it get out you of here get Dallas. to say how you feel on air it
2: gets like they had no chance no chance of winning a stanley Cup. we'll
0: ask brian boucher former nhl goalie hockey analyst with espn he's going to come up after the break and we'll get into a little bit more of uh danton Danov? uh donato Danov. <laughs> 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 It does a Dantinoff? See what happens when you don't get traded. <laughs> Nobody has any respect to learn your name. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. I want to get into a little bit more because Ottawa is actually getting blamed here, and we we've possible. had this discussion. It's ridiculous, but we'll, we'll we'll dive in deeper because I'm I'm starting to hear that. Uh, uh, well, he we know he's playing tonight. That's I, been reported.
2: I mean, I kind of feel bad for him. How do you how do you give your best effort when no one wants you there?
0: Yeah, I got uh, a bigger picture on this whole mess after the break. You know stuff? No, it's not that I know stuff. Okay. I just, uh, I think, I think the NHL, I think everybody's got to clean this mess up once and for all. Yeah, and on a bigger scale. So that's what I want to get into uh, when right. we come up after the Tons break. Of stuff coming. All right, you're listening to Real Kipper and Bourne Show one one eight. We've really done 118 of these things. I don't oh, you know. poor people. <laughs> See you after <laughs> the break. For
2: being there.